This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare, brought to you by 1.37pm. This week, I spoke with Jay Fraz, a good friend of mine who I've known for a while through different football platforms. We talked about lots of big topics this week, including the dip in the Ethereum price, uh, some trading disasters we've had, and negotiating on Discord. It was a really fun episode, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Okay, so this week's guest is Jay Fraz. I've known Jay for some time. We've talked about other platforms before, but today we're here to talk about So Rare. So Jay's been the manager of the Jay Fraz Jets since the 27th of August 2020, a month before me. Jay, how are things? Hey, John. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, I can't believe nearly a year. Nearly a year. And I can't believe I've got such a bad team name. Um, two things <laughs> the Jay Fraz Jets I, I didn't even and do you know what I, the reason I did that was because literally when I signed up it said put a team in I just felt a bit of pressure and I was like yeah. what just kind of came to me first and, and it was an old football team a friend used to play for um, which was the Jets part and I just that's it done put it in and now I felt guilty about changing it so I've had to go with it Mine's so boring. I think mine's like JTN11 because that's my initials. And that's just oh, okay. what I've always picked for like FPL and stuff because I'm like, I can't be arsed trying to come up with a funny pun every year. So it's like, this is what we're going with. It's like, you know, like my yeah. FIFA Ultimate Team team name, that's what it is. But uh, maybe I should try and be a bit more creative. Um, speaking of nearly a year in the platform, Jay, shout out to our friend Quinny. Uh, Quinny's a year on the platform. Uh, definitely everyone listening. He did a great giveaway. Go and check out Quinny's YouTube. Good friend of the show and he gives a lot to the community. Um, Speaking of year anniversary. So, Jay, do you want to give people who are listening a bit of a quick summary about your time on So Rare, what type of manager you are, what level you're at, where you're at in So Rare and in your So Rare journey, I suppose, before we get into it? Yeah, of course. That sounds good. I mean, it's obviously 10 months in though, so not quite the year. Um, And I kind of took a, a very early sort of scattergun approach to my to my um, build my collection, and the base the reason for that is because I wanted to create a game that I really enjoyed. So that's what that's kind of the fundamentals for me about the enjoyment factor. So mm-hmm. what I tried to do was to cover as many realistically good teams, if you like. So when I joined, I don't know how many teams on the platform, but maybe seventy or eighty, I think. Um, but I don't know what it's now. One hundred and forty. One hundred and thirty. Yeah, easy. So no, it could be one hundred and forty, um, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh sure, and and so what I did was I looked at which teams I like watching, and and just kind of chose some players, and, and I bought some really bad players, and thought, what am I doing? And then I, I kind of got a bit over overzealous with the, with the auctions on the uh, initial auctions because <laughs> it's just really good. You win, and it goes congratulations. I was like, oh, fantastic! I won. Obviously, you haven't won. <laughs> well, you have won, but um, I know what so, you mean, yeah, yeah. It's just it's good fun, and and that kind of got me early, it got, it got early on, and then I um. I've never ever been interested in MLS before, but when I joined, that was like the main lead to go for. So all mm. the brand new cards came out, so I hit the MLS quite hard early on, which was fantastic. Now, um, so I literally picked up about a hundred cards probably in the first couple of months, um, just to be able to put teams out across lots of different divisions, lots of different uh, different different leagues each week, uh, which was my aim really. So, and from there, what have I done since then? I've I've realised I've learned from my mistakes. I've Realized that actually you just buy some quality players um, because you know you went. I went out of luck early on a few a few players, but um, when you really see the progression of the, what's the, where the sites come from, even a year ago to where it is now, it's just it's incredible, absolutely incredible, John. And, and what I love about it is just so engaging. Um, and and then, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have PSG, Real Madrid, Liverpool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when I was on the platform, so I couldn't sort of pick up those those sort of star players. 
Um, mm. but, and yeah, I, I just I looked at from the from the off, and and my my tactics have changed to being a bit more focused on on strategic selection now versus well, scattergun. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I remember because I remember whenever we were on the other one of the other platforms, Footstock. I remember you had thousands of these player cards. Now this was a site which kind of it could have been a so rare, but they missed the mark because they didn't have NFT technology. Is kind of the way I look at it. They were like the baby version of so rare that was gambling and was I don't know. It was the broken version of so rare. But anyway, I remember you had like thousands of these cards that were worth very little but you would trade the smaller small small margins and it all adds up and yeah. i didn't realize jay whenever you said you scattergun i went and looked at your gallery there and i just told you 412 rares do we have a whale on the show do we have an official whale on the show is that what's what? happening here it's, it's funny it's funny john so i heard i listened to a couple of the pods around around uh over um, network and and people talk about whales and i think well what what is a whale you know is it something yeah, that has lots yeah, of yeah. cards well, lots of money in it. and so i yeah I mean, i've got a few cards kicking around i, I, don't, I never struggled to put a team out that's for sure always nice <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but i do uh, i do enjoy watching you and you struggle with your trying to put your team out and your oh. transfer your selections and it's do you know what so a lot of my team is is um a lot of my sorry my squad is sort of youth focused um yeah I'm, I'm looking to the next five even longer than that years really um so I really, if I looked at if I looked at quality players, I've probably got about maybe sixty or seventy, um, mm. who I'd say are really sort of up there where I'm happy with, and then I've got maybe a couple of hundred um, youth players, and then from that it's just players. I'm literally my I've got my transfer squad, so you take a look and uh, transfer ready. I think it's called, um, and it's about 150 in there, so it's not too promising. that having that many you want to get rid of. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's great. Like you know, you have a lot of cards there. It's where a lot of us can aspire to be in terms of like just the sheer selection, but it's the paradox of choice whenever it comes to setting lineups. I know people who've watched me on YouTube, I squirm, like I properly squirm setting teams. It breaks my heart, but it's um it's such a it's such a like in terms of so it's like a first world problem. It's a beautiful problem to have. But uh, yeah. geez, I missed I, in some ways you miss whenever like it was like, oh, he is in the team, he is in the team, and he is in the team. See, so trying to actually pick the winners, and then you you stick someone in a training team who shoots an 80 score, heartbreak him. But anyway, very, very much mm. first world problems. So, yes, we know where you're at now, Jay. So there are a lot of questions this week again. So I just want to thank everyone for all their amazing engagement. It's it's brilliant. It really, I really, as I said last week, and I'm going to keep reiterating this, at least for the first few weeks, I want this podcast to be as community-driven as possible. I want all your questions. I want all your topics. And I don't want us to dodge the tough ones. So uh, the first couple of, a couple of things to talk about before we get into that this week that I think are quite topical. Uh, German national team cards are available. If you listened last week, last week I spoke to MDJ. It was the first ever episode. And yeah, 95% of that podcast is still definitely worth listening to. There might be 5% that's outdated. I can't remember. But um, we dropped a little spoiler there. And Timo Werner has joined So Rare. Jay, what do you make of all this? Um, I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. I think it, I know they don't endorse it, but having the the um, recognizable names and the big names as well on the platform, it's brilliant. I mean, Werner having him on there is having that UK sort of English connection. Um, he's a great player. You know, he's not okay, he's not had the best season at Chelsea, obviously, but mm. he's someone who people will want his card. Um, and it was definitely him. Um, and I saw the German national cards. I had a look through because off the French ones, it was just mind blowing how much you could literally spend on on new players. Um, and 
seen Werner. I mean, Werner Havertz stood out to me as two cards that I would actually be interested mm-hmm. in getting hold of, but I just couldn't, can't justify why now. It's just they're, they're, they're priced accordingly based on their ability and their future potential as well. Yeah, um, they're definitely Havertz, a little yeah. bit inflated due to the kind of national team cards. They're especially yeah. Timo being his first kind of card on the platform. Havertz, God love yeah. the old Havertz holders. It's the whole, like, I have a Ruben Diaz, hoping that Man City aren't added. If they go throwing Portugal in and Diaz cards are flying all over the place, it'd be gutted. It, and that's the game we play. But the more and more they onboard teams and, and nations now, the kind of buying players that aren't licensed is becoming less and less of a strategy as time goes on, isn't it? It's very smart. It's a really, really smart move. And it just it just changes the audience perception a bit of what the game's all about. Um, mm. In terms of having the limitations, it just it shows how smart the guys at, at Solo are um, and how they manage it because everyone wants every player to be on their way. Right? That's, that's what we want. We want to be able to mm. choose from, you know, I say every player, it's a bit, a bit dramatic, but every mainstream um, club and international squad now, which we didn't think about before necessarily, um, because you just, you know, I, 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 being a Man U fan, I want a Pogba. I want mm. a Pogba in my team. Okay, in my, in my leave in the summer, but um, for now I do. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and having having that potential sent to go to work towards um, is great. It's absolutely great. And you know, you see Griezmann going. You know, he obviously gets a bit carried away as well with his buying, um, buying his teammates up and stuff. But it's just it, I love to see what they've got planned next because they always seem to be one step ahead. And you see people talk about it, but they must plan these things months in advance. They have to be so far ahead of where we are. Um, it's exciting. It's a really exciting time. A hundred percent. And it's something that you just brought up there that I didn't even think of to mention here. The power hour on Sunday. And yes, I'm from the north of Ireland and I say power hour. It's power hour, depending on where you're from. Don't judge me. But Griezmann's unique went for $115,000. Um, and we had Dembele and Griezmann battling it out for for some massive cards. Paul Pogba cards, Kante cards, Griezmann cards, Mbappe. It was... Madness, the amount of money going around. And it was kind of surreal to see two players that are currently off the Euros represent their nation sitting in mm. what we all, what we all like mm. to imagine is them sitting in the team bus or in the hotel room throwing a couple of hundred grand about bidding on their mates. Do you know? It's mad. I, I saw one, I, I can't remember what match it was. I was watching, but some, some of the subs was out there playing on their phones whilst the match was on, taking a few selfies. I can imagine just sort of having a flick through and see uh, what's happening on the where, who's the latest auction. Uh, but for you, John, I mean, do you... Do you feel that it's a risk that people won't like the amount of money coming in from these players who will dominate the purchase of, of the sort of big players? Or what do you think about it? The way I look at all this is, and again, I don't know. I don't know what a disclaimer I was going to put in there. I'm just going to say it. Capitalism is rife in life. And everywhere in life, there's going to be people with lots of money who are going to buy the biggest, prettiest, nicest things. That's just life. And it's unfortunate. But it's everywhere. And in the likes of So Rare and in any ecosystem, there's going to be the biggest, shiniest thing that you can't afford, that I can't afford, and that you can't afford, Jay, that everyone can't afford. True. But Antoine Griezmann can afford. And that's just life. I can't go and buy a mansion in Beverly Hills, but Antoine Griezmann can. It's mm. just life. On So Rare, the unique cards, like, to put it into perspective, like in the physical trading card world, a one of one of a highly sought after player is a big, big deal. Like getting those, they cost tens, hundreds of thousands. Um, it's always going to happen, and it's good for the ecosystem if there is the one of one that only comes out once a year of any player that does cost. I, I want those to be going for millions. I want them to be as far out of my reach as possible. 
I really do, because I know that realistically, if I can get in on the one of ten buzz, I'll be doing well. And even I think rares are going to be scarce in a couple of years, in six months, in a year, in two years. That's where my mind's at. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to be able to buy uniques, Jay. I really would, but it's just not feasible. So what you need to do is embrace it because it isn't changing. They can't give more than yeah. one one of one each season. So like, what what do you expect of them here? Like, like saturate yeah. the market with one of fives and one of tens and one of fifteens and one of fifties. It's like. I don't know. It is a bit frustrating, maybe if what am I trying to say here? If all loads of players ended up coming on the platform and they were all buying themselves and their mates, that's amazing for the platform. But we would all be kind of kicked out of the super rare game as well by that stage, I'd say, because these guys are yeah. rocking in, getting paid hundreds of thousands a week. But I don't know. I just think it's a case of everyone just play within your means and have fun. It's a game at the end of the day. And if you can't buy one of ones or one of tens, don't just buy one of hundreds. And if you can't buy them, there'll be a new scarcity for you soon. And we'll all have fun. I was going to ask you actually, but uh, about that. So, because two things to clarify, so it's all ground rules. Do we say ETH or F? And do we oh, say okay. and scarcity or scarcity? Right. Uh, I've, I've actually I've actually got a big one on this. So I say ETH. Yeah, Some people too. say F. But I say ETH because I say Ethereum. Ethereum. I don't say Ethereum, but Mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong there. Scarcity versus scarcity. I talked to my dad about this. Now, second time in this podcast, I'm saying I'm from the north of Ireland. We say things different at times. He said to me categorically, it is scarcity. Scarce. And I was was like, you blew my mind up because that's the third dimension here. We're in 3D (laughs) now, baby. Do you know? So I need to start saying scarcity. And I'm just going to stick with that now. If it's good enough yes. for Tony Nellis, it's good enough for me. Okay. What do you reckon, Jay? Well, I'm, I've always had, you know, have your sort of predefined um, knowledge of things, and scarcity has been a way for me. So hearing it's pronounced differently, it's just, it's just different, right? But uh, no, I think because I thought when we stop pronouncing player names and we get them wrong, we butcher the Al <laughs> and that lot. I thought, do we, do we sort of just go with it and go, yeah, that's good, that sounds good, or do we really sort of take the piss and that of each other? Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think going back to sorry, massively off track, but going back to um, your point about the uh, well, I say about the about Cleesum, et etc. I think well, I, I personally really like it. So I've seen yeah. some people don't like it, and what I like about it is the fact that. People will feel, and you, you hear it in the buzz of people talking, they feel closer to the footballers because they're involved. And they like yeah. the fact they bought a player that uh, Griezmann owned, or there's just that added dimension that, that takes it to another level, sort of the collectability side, if you like, versus the gameplay. Um, I, yeah. I like it. You know, like, I, I completely agree with you. you know, financially, they are on another level, um, and that's the way it is. But in the same way, if someone came in with you know, an unlimited budget, that's a nobody, for, for sort of visibility reasons or no one knew them, um, they would do the same thing and buy for the good players. So I prefer to have someone's name on that I, uh, yeah, would know. Like for me, and again, there's probably, uh, do you know what? If anyone wants to come on and, and talk about this with me, I'm all about it. I want to hear the other side if someone really doesn't like it. But like in this platform and the way it's built with the one of one, the one of 10, the one of 100, the one of potentially 1,000 or 500, who knows? Like there's always going to be, like the, the one of one, it's like, how do you price that? That's going to be, that the value of that is what someone's willing to pay for it. And what mm. someone who is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire is willing to pay for, it's probably quite a lot of money. So it's just like, I know that one-on-ones are out of my price range. 
I hope that in three, four, five years playing so rare with the super rares I've bought and with the rares I have, I win enough cards and occasionally one week I fluke out in D2 and if, if there's a unique that grabs her, I don't even know if there is. I don't know if there is. I don't think there is. Anyway, I hope I can win a unique somewhere or win a really, really premium super rare somewhere or rare card, a rare Mbappe that I can sell or trade against a unique and go up that way. Do you know what I mean? That's the dream. Yeah. And we all have the dream. You can come in with a couple of grand and you can churn in D4, but one week the stars might align and all of a sudden you've got a Kimmich, you've got a this, you've got a that, and then you can sell that, build two more teams, do this, do that. And yeah. the progression, and it's all about progression, and we know the team at So Rare are like really building towards progression. So if the progression's there and they're the pipe dream of one day being able to compete, having a lucky week, having a couple of luck, two weeks, having a lottery ticket to be able to compete in the big leagues is there. That's all we need. The big leagues are going to exist. And if straight off the bat, people aren't happy about Antoine Griezmann and Dembele coming in, dropping tens of thousands on cards. And I, I hate that they're the ones in the wrong. Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to come and debate it with me, please do. But like, if you don't think that's good for the platform, you're deranged. In my uh, opinion. Do you ever um do you ever quick browse through transfer market and see what the cheapest unique player is? Because I think they're under under one ETH I've seen, but they're rubbish. I mean, I don't know who they are. They just, are rubbish. Yeah. yeah, I have. I actually did this recently. Um, I forget yeah, what the too. what the kind of benchmark is there. Let me see. Uniques sorted by price lowest. The lowest on the market now is point seven nine nine. Alex Ferrari. Do you know what's okay. probably worse uniques out there? Like, I mean, that guy might get a transfer at game time. Twenty six <laughs> yeah, okay. year old. Tempting, isn't it? Just to. Just have to one. have one. Mm. Joe, he's not exactly premium, but I mean, if you have patience, that could be a player who starts for a team in the division. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, it's not the worst. You know, there's super rares out there that are priced, that Absolutely. are much worse than him that are priced around that. Anyway, Jay, we went oh, off yeah. on one there, which is great. <laughs> but um, a couple of times, so the, yeah, I kind of went off on one. If anyone wants to debate that with me, please do give me a message. I'd love to have you on the show. Um, what what team do we think's next if we had to pick a national team? Now you said you've heard a rumor, so again to everyone, spoiler alert, this one isn't as confirmed. But yeah, just skip forward 30 seconds if you really don't want to even have a potential maybe half spoiler. Jay, say it now so they, they've already skipped. So I, I heard a rumor Belgium were gonna be next. Um so De Bruyne had been the key player. Um yeah. but again it was just some conversation to it in on Twitter and I can't remember who it was. I'm not going to name and shame anyone. Um, but that's, that's what I wanted to mention the, the team name again, just in case people would start listening again. But um, what I thought is if they can start to build that national presence, um, it's just a, it's just a really, really smart way to get around. Not saying they're trying to deviate from the licensing laws, but it's a, it's a smart way to do it, right? Um, now, I haven't heard about Spain joining, but I'd love to see Spain on there. Just get players like Pedri and a few others on mm-hmm. there, a few other youngsters. Um, but I think, you know, they're, they're building, they're apparently a new club going tomorrow, right? So by the time this goes out, there'll be another new club on that. Um, don't know who it'll be, but uh, I saw this. Is that right? New club tomorrow? Do you see that? I've seen that, yeah. People think it's yeah. Flamingo. That seems to be the predominant guess on their guess the next club. They're definitely so, building Brazil, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look, again, great. I think the big thing with national cards is the collectability. 100%. The collectability there is huge. Okay. Like, mm. I have no interest in having any Irish player, really, in their club kit. But you see, if you stick them in the Ireland jersey, I'm buying a Troy Parrot. I don't care what you say. Do you know, I might go and pick up a couple of them. Um, I mean, behind me on my bloody shelf here of real physical cards, I have a signed John Walters card. 
because it's big Johnny Walters the horse. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So like it it really the, the, that the national pride is what comes through there. So I think for collectors and for getting people really passionate and buying these cards, yeah, national. Uh, aside from like actually circumnavigating the tricky licensing of leagues, I think it's it's a great move. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we'll move on from that, Jay. So. Something I want to discuss again before we get into questions was the ETH drop this week. Now, there has been a pretty big drop in Ethereum. So if I whip it up over the last sort of five days, okay, I'll, I'll whip it up over a month here. This is just Google. There's probably better charts out there. But I mean, from a high of, this is in Euro, 2,370. Today, it's at 1,559, right about now, or yesterday, maybe that was. Um, it's It's taken a significant dip. Um, and we have a couple of questions kind of on that later, but what are your initial thoughts on the drop of ETH and how that affects us? Uh, it's just a really good point. We could talk for hours on this. Um, I'm not a big investor in crypto as is, um, but I personally look for drops to actually buy. Um, I did pick up a Vinicius Junior the other day, and, and I wasn't going to. I've been watching it for absolutely months, John, literally trying to. This is the game of platform I wanted. Um, Vinicius on in my team, and I picked up Magic Rodrigo and Valverde for good prices, but Vinicius was just too highly priced, and someone dropped the price down, and it met perfect storm with the ETH drop as well. So I, took, I went for. I thought you got to go for this. You can't. You can't wait because I, I did spend some time looking at another player uh, about a week ago on, on a similar drop, um, and literally someone bought him in front of me. He disappeared, and I was like, "Oh, that's it. That's mm. gone." So I think the ETH drop is interesting because it kind of gets rid of some of the noise about the um, entry level and the value, the cost of that entry level, but also the players' prices get up and people are starting to try and, I think they're starting to um, adjust accordingly based on this because there's definitely a, a lot of people who think in ETH and, and I do with, um, when, I'm, when I'm trading or when I'm selling to buy, but also I think in, in yeah, when I'm actually looking just to buy outright. And if you think about it from a psychological standpoint, the number that's going down, people think they're getting better value and they're not thinking about what they sell on for in the future of these, for example. Mm. But they're thinking about how much it's cost them to get that player versus what they might have seen that before. So what I think we'll see is with the ETH dropping, if it drops further, they did bounce back the uh, last couple of days, doesn't it? Just about 12.50, I think, down back to about 1,400. Oh, sorry, I'm in pounds now. I'm not sure. What yeah, it, it was much was. lower. It was it was a good bit lower um, yesterday, earlier yeah. yesterday. It was, it was I, think, I don't know, not 10%. Or, yeah, maybe 10% lower than it is yeah. now. I think I think we'll see people, the, the higher value players going, or the more um, higher profile players um, being bought. I think people weren't actually going to buy those. I think people will go, it's a good opportunity to get this level I waited a long time for, um, which is is great, I think. Is it great if people buy less from the auction? That's not great for so rare, I guess. But it's great in theory in terms of people getting the players they want, they'll be happier. They'll probably build better teams. They'll win more. They want to buy more, and that's you know it's all, it's all positive generation of, of new funds mm. and investment, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, where's ETH going to settle? I mean, bouncing between. I have but, no idea. And I, I joined in it with that two hundred fifty pound ETH per, per coin, and when it hit three hundred, I was like, I said, I'm not, I'm not buying anymore. Three hundred pound per Ethereum mm. coin, no chance. And then they went off five hundred, seven hundred, nine hundred, up to an insane level, obviously. Um, but again, I was timing, luck, you know, it's a bit of, bit of a judgment goes with it. I think if, if people look at what their budget is, what they can afford, and when they suddenly realize they can afford more because he's come down in price, if player price haven't been put up on the market, um, 
they buy them. And it's, I think it's really, really positive in terms of what we're doing right now. As for the future of, of what um, they use, will they use ETH in the future? I don't know. They've said a lot of times about not using it or having, a, I think, a scaling model different to that. Um, but in-game currency, it's, it's going to be interesting. The next couple of months will be really interesting as, as hopefully the, uh, the user base will grow and Ethereum will do its thing. Um, we'll see where it goes mm. for now, really. Yeah, I think it's more likely to entice people who've been waiting and thinking ETH costs so much, ETH costs so much. You might get you might get a few people trying to bounce in and buy some while it's cheap, waiting for the next ten percent drop, and they pop in and buy some, and then they bring that over and spend it. It's so rare, but it is it's it's a ball ache when it comes to negotiations because like a lot of, there is always that delay in the market. Um, there is a question we'll get on to. Uh, we'll get on to it. I, I won't answer it now, but it's about kind of like. And I, we might have even touched on this last week. I can't remember about your exposure to Ethereum if you hold NFTs. And I've always kind of had one sort of opinion on that. Maybe I talked about that in Quinny's stream actually this week. But we get on to that when it's asked. Um, but no doubt, I think in terms of people buying ETH and getting money into so rare, the drop is probably good. The only other side of that is there's a bit of panic, but that can also create opportunity. People trying to sell galleries while ETH's cheap. So like you can kind of get the best of both worlds where people are trying to undercut each other because they're a bit panicked because they don't quite understand what's going on. And then equally, ETH is dropping and it's cheaper. So I think I think whenever ETH is volatile, either way, there's always opportunity, um, which is great. For me, I I, I just yeah. don't care. It doesn't affect my heart rate slightly, but I know there's people who probably sit and watch ETH's moves all day. Um, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up again in the questions. The third thing I just wanted to talk about, kind of a little bit of a jokey kind of topic, but I posted today on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, go and find me. It's John Nellis underscore and Jay Fraz is over there too. You'll see him tagged all over my profile this week. I posted earlier saying um, number one thing to say when we're negotiating on so rare if you want to piss me off. Sorry, bro. Can't sell the card I want to sell for a fair price because his value will boom next season. Sell him next fucking season then. The amount of people who fry my bap on the official Discord. like I like to think I'm pretty fair. Don't get me wrong. I'll throw out a wee cheeky offer or I'll try and twist the narrative slightly sometimes. It's, all, it's in us all. But there's some things people say and do and it does my it grinds my gears like that and it all depends on the situation as well like a guy might go back to me and said hang on a minute presumably the card is listed for the price he expects him to be worth next season you can't expect people to lower their price to something you want to pay now it's a bit cheeky you expect them to but like this is a guy that i messaged into the discord saying i want to trade for this player and these players and blah 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 and then he approached me saying he wanted to trade but he the trade value he wanted for his player was ludicrous it was like 50 percent over what it should have been there was an auction wow. like two hours ago do you know what i mean for like one point not point one six and he wanted two not point two five um Anyway, Jay, look, I've kind of went off on a rant there. The reason I'm bringing this up in the podcast is because it got a bit of a reaction. There's a lot of comments there. People, th okay. this is something that really gets on people's goat. What do you love or hate about negotiating on so rare? What's your biggest pet peeve and what's your, is there something you like about it or what's the story? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what, John, I, I get a lot of offers for stupid amounts where they try to, I mean, again, I went, I went in some players, but people will send me, offer me a, a rubbish tier three super rare i mean that the best best intentions for these footballers who obviously are, are stars in their own right but um they offer me rubbish players to basically a, a, 
almost a star bareback. back. And, and I kind of look at it. And, They're stars in their own right, rubbish players. Well, you know what I mean? Much better than me in my prime, obviously. Um, but, uh, and I, I look at it and I think, okay, is this guy really taking the piss and want to, sorry, guy or girl, um, really want to stitch me up? Or do they really think their superwear is that valuable? And that's, that's probably the one recently I've had a few times. It's just two or three different traders. And I thought, I want to block them. And I, if I'm if I'm scared if I block them, I might need to use them in the future. So I thought That's I would block the them. Issue. Uh, I only block people who like are literally trying to rob me. Yeah. And it's like, but, there's no two ways about this. You are trying to rob me. Yeah. I, I, and, but what I like about negotiations, and there's some really good people out there, and I was actually um, negotiating with some some of the, the big guns, right? They, they're actually pretty fair. Well, they're very fair, actually, and they're often in, in their negotiations. And they're easy to talk to. And one guy yeah. who I was talking to um, who's got a, I don't know, definitely in the whale category. And he just said, thank you for the realistic offer. And I was offering about 10% under. And I know that might sound a bit cheeky, 10%, but I feel that's people list it expecting to have some level of negotiation. Now, as previously when I joined, people would go, well, that's the price. So that's what you pay. Um, so 10 months ago, it's very different to where we are now. I think people mm. add in a good 5 to 10% minimum. Um, if, if it's a... If it's a player I feels on the decline, I'll offer less than ten percent below the actual asking price, and and try and justify that. So again, I picked up a couple of pieces. Obviously, everyone, everyone's in my gallery, right? You can go look at them. Uh, I picked up a couple <laughs> of players. I forget about that. A couple of players recently on the cheap, um, of players I think are going to have another bad six months, maybe twelve months ahead of them, um, but are good players. Um, yeah. So I'll offer twenty percent under. And if people don't want to sell it, I don't mind. You know, I'm okay with that. It's their choice. Um, but when I get the office for not point not not one ETH for someone who's probably worth about I don't know not point one, I'm thinking, are they trying to stitch me up or they just got it wrong? I thought no, they're trying to stitch me up. You hear about it all the time. You see it on yeah. you read a lot about it. It's just not a good it's not a good practice for that. No, no, like fuck that. And a guy messaged yeah. me today and fair play to him now. He messaged me sort of being like, Let me see, where's the message? You can find it here, I'm sure. I'm not gonna name him. He was looking for, I think, Jonathan David, and he was kind of like, oh, thanks. I was hoping to get him close to unreasonable amount. And um, I said, he was like, what price were you hoping to get from? I said, sorry, nowhere near that. Good luck, bud. And I said, would you be anywhere near this sort of interest? I'm trying to figure out if I should pursue other players instead. Da, 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 da. I said, like, my cards is rookie. It's more sought after than this season's print. I wouldn't go close to that with the ETH drop either. Like, you're looking at historic kind of sales. So you go, that's fair enough. Thanks for the reply anyway. At another guy, I actually, that was the wrong example. I've had a few negotiations today. It was a guy who messaged me for a trade, but he was like looking for like a card. He wanted to treat my, I think it was like my Marcus Lorente or something in return for this oh. card that's worth like, like this Marcus Lorente, he wanted a, for a card that's worth like less than half of them. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like to him, you'll need to give me something as well. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just new to this. Um, I just kind of thought, they sounded about right. Um, I don't know. I'll get back there. I was like, so rare date is your new best friend. And he was like, oh my God, how is this? How did I not know about this? And off he went and gave me a realistic offer. Do you know? So okay. like, there are people out there who genuinely yeah. just don't know they're new to the platform. They're out here spitballing. But I mean, yeah, if they offer me not point not not one or not point not one or something stupid, they're blocked. Have you, but, have you had anyone actually ask you for a card to kind of borrow a card off you for a few weeks? Have you had that? It used to be a big thing. When I first signed up, Hybe lent me, loaned me some cards to get me going because he was trying to get me in this platform for months and I kept pieing him off. And then he finally was like, right here, I'll loan you like five or six cards to get involved. And that yeah. got me in the door. So big shout out to Hybe and his podcast. You can find it as well. Um, 
what's just just look up so rare podcast you'll find it um but he basically got me involved big time loaning was a huge thing in the early days and it still mm. can be but the issue is now the xp is just decimated it's not worth it like i had someone was it hendo or someone was in the late stages of like the one of these so rare cups like the earth of easy one or something and i had a few big hitters i had like tadich and burkhouse and whoever else and i was like oh i can loan them to you and then i was kind of thinking oh why did i say that like half xp these are my like biggest players i use week in week out so i really hope they sort that out as a tangent i think loaning would be a huge thing and people don't like it because you get wheels loaning out to their mates and giving other people go but they, i mean that's one side of it and whether there needs to be certain stipulations or limits on how much you can loan to one person or how many cards you can loan per week i don't know yeah. but it's great for getting people involved imagine you could turn around to your mate and say like here I'll give you a few cards. See what you think. Absolutely, you know? I think it'd be really good. I mean, why? Why didn't uh, like about the offer? Well, people, I've had people ask me for cards. Can I just borrow your uh, Pellegrini card? I was like, well, firstly, I don't know who you are, so no, you can't. Yeah. Um, and secondly, <laughs> well, I, I just the reason I said it, I said, oh, I haven't much money to need to kind of get. I want to build up a good team, but I'm trying to get cards for people. I thought, from what you see, I mean, if you technically give someone your card, you can't get it back, right? So that's it. No. There's no way to pull it back. Um, if you know them, like like obviously Hyper, you knew knew before. Um, it's a bit different. And like you said, if, if I had a couple of friends join and I can send them some MLS players, I got a fair few kicking around who were sort of, sort of they play you know, each week. They're, they're not going to hit more than about maybe forty five, fifty five score, but enough to kind of make it interesting for them. Then I'll definitely do that. So yeah, I completely agree. Um, but it needs to be pretty structured in their loan um, loan format. I think. To do yeah. It. Uh, they, they definitely would but i think it's it's a great addition to the platform and i know there's people don't like it and there are fair reasons but there has to be a way it can be done there has to be a way it can be done and look do you know what the bottom line is as long as people aren't multi-accounting these are your cards if you want true ownership you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with them yeah true yeah do you know um but i mean it is a bit cheeky someone going around asking to borrow cards off everyone i mean if they're willing to pay you if you can trust them or if they can give you collateral like they'll say here look i if they give you a really premium asian player who doesn't happen to be playing that week or it's the off season as kind of collateral maybe yeah. but the the decimation of xp kind of ruins all that mm. but jay um yeah there was a few favorite things people wrote or wrote they didn't write anything <laughs> but um a few comments i just want to read off this post because i thought it was very funny some of them really got me giggle got me giggling football economist says i only have x eth in my wallet check so rare data they did not have only x eth in their wallet like people don't realize you can check this stuff out yeah, hendo is, is like what's your best price and then like offers 15 percent lower every time every time um and i do it myself like oh what's your best price mate and then they're like uh maybe one 0.12 could you do not point one why even ask yeah. the question uh, i'm gonna oh, stop brilliant. doing it i hated myself whenever i seen that i was like oh no i'm that guy um <laughs> and un- unknown nft says what's your best price is such a stupid question i'm not gonna tell you am i i say no what price do you want to pay <laughs> it's the laziest type of negotiation but there's a bunch of them there so yeah I'd recommend people go and have a read it give me a good laugh um, <laughs> but Jay I think yeah. that's it that's all I kind of want to talk about before questions is there anything else you want to talk about we get stuck into some of them yeah, there was actually one thing else because I was, I was going to ask you and it's interesting one. so for your next season which I'm, I'm incredibly excited about so I know you are as well um, yeah. are you are you going going to go really hard on one division, or are you going to go yeah. and try? Are you what are you going for? I'm going balls deep. 
on under 23s. Oh, okay, let's see. And Division 3? Uh, Division 3 and hopefully 1D2. Like a D2 right. and under 23, a D3 and under, like a D2, D3, D4 and under 23s. Nice. Um, okay. And then scatter a few into the other divisions, D4s. Like, but my D3, I might have, I think of like two players who are maybe overaged who are super rare. So they might go in the global all star or something. But okay. um, no, look, don't get me wrong. A lot of these guys are young. They're raw. They mightn't play every week. They might get rotated, whatever else. But D3 will be competitive. I think D3 will be competitive. D2 will be, fuck it, let's give it a go and see what happens. Do you know? Yeah. Absolutely. What about yourself? Well, under twenty three has been most successful for me last in over the last ten months. I've, I've managed. I think I've had five top two finishes. I mean, you and me were battling out for first place one by one. We one week we had a yeah. A yeah. Bit of a, I remember seeing bit you in the leaderboards. Like the yeah. two times I was kind of up there in the under twenty threes, you were right there with me. Like, yep. Yeah, I just can't get that Mbappe. I've had five goes at him, and I've just failed every time. They've got to give me one at some point, right? It's like a one in thirty five or something. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe next season. But no, I mean, I mean, these, um, under twenty three for sure. I would like to do D3, but I think I'm, I'm a year away. I think I need to think about a season after next season. Mm. Um, would you not think of shedding off some of the rares, though? Could you not? like? Because this is something I've done. If people look at my activity, don't get me wrong, I've put significant investment into this recently, but I've done a lot of rejigging and selling a lot of my kind of go-to guys. Do you know, like a lot of over 23-year-old guys who are like, Go to solid and challenger and champion. I shipped out all my Asian guys, and basically mm. I'm just pummeling it all into like super rare, super rare, super rare. Because I know like I can enter D four every single week. There's only so many rares you need. Yeah, Do you yeah, know it's no. it's like super rares are are imperative at this stage. So like, would you not think if you could just go hell for leather, grinding out in Discord trading people, you could mm. you might have to lose a little bit of equity, like, but you could amass some super rares, and then that would make you. That would unlock divisions for you, or is that not really interest you? No, step up. I mean, it's a really good point, and and something I'd like to do. I just have this horrific emotional attachment to my players, and even I know, when someone I know, it's hard to sell. Like, it's like it's like selling my children. I was like, I can't do this. But, um, <laughs> my ch- my four hundred <laughs> children. <laughs> my name <laughs> is Genghis Khan. <laughs> imagine the yeah, imagine the pain of that. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's something I like to do, and the, what, the reason I struggle with it is because I got such a big collection of players who are. Sort of future potential in, in three or four years, five years time, um, versus players who are good right now, and you know, I even put into a group like Alshish and Shirky and whoever else you want to sort of pluck out of the air. Um, they, they're great players, and I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't part from myself from them. Um, but what I was looking to do, because because originally I wanted my plan was very clear, which was to have a sort of zero risk as a zero net deposit. My exposure is very low right now. It's probably about. Two, two and a half ETH, that's it. So yeah. I'm in a place where I can really enjoy the game, which is my whole point of playing. So uh, I'm not trying to do it to win money. If I win ETH, I, I buy more players. I've invested yeah. because I just want a better team. And I'll, it's just, it makes it makes it so much more, yeah, it makes it so much more enjoyable for me as the experience. Um, and that's what stops me. I think so, it's it's really like it's really important, like what you said there. It's like getting to the stage where it's about like, I, I like, and I'm the same. I love the game. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart now, making the money at the minute, making money out the back end of this. Don't get me wrong, it would be great. And I would not like to lose money. But I'm not I don't really care if I break even in two years, because the enjoyment and the what I get out of this game is what makes it for me. Like I am 
Like it, it enhances every football game. And I'll be honest with you, with the lack of fantasy and the lack of my so rare involvement in the Euros, it's so weird because every game of football I've watched for so long has I've had something riding in the game. I sit down to watch Juventus. I sit down to watch PSG. I've always had something like riding on it. Like I wanted someone to win PB back on Football Index and Footstock. There was always a player I wanted to do something. <laughs> and so rare. But the Euros, because I've no fantasy thing going on and no like exposure, I've no. Do you know, I've not no skin in the game, yeah. and Ireland aren't at the competition. It's like, oh wow, group stage mm-hmm. games. It's like, yeah, it's great watching some of these games and spotting future talents and whatever else. But it's like, geez, it's hard to motivate myself to like watch Wales, Denmark, or whoever bloody's played. <laughs> Do you know, like, yeah. yeah, fair enough if it's Germany, France. But I mean, like, there's been some games that it's like, oh, I'll just play Call of Duty. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but going back to your question, would I trade to upgrade? Because I went from a pay-to-play to a trade-to-upgrade mentality. So, you know, originally I was buying, trading makes sense. And I tried a few times. I tried with Pavel Trade. He does, I don't think the guy likes me. Um, I just can't get a decent Pavel doesn't deal like anyone. Oh, good, good here. Um, this is up to me. Um, <laughs> He's dropped his rate. It's down to 115% trade value now, not 120 I just can't work out, John. I can't. I, I literally go through the values on, on some of the data. I'm way over that twenty percent, and he's like reject. I was like, oh, I give up. Don't care. So yeah, fine. it's. Um, but I'd, I'd yeah. like to have some of the big guns in in the D three um, competitive um, competitive players. They, they are pricey. I'd have to sacrifice a lot of my players. I'm probably. I don't know the latest manager stats on on so data, but I'm. I imagine I'm top fifty number of cars held, and maybe top one hundred and fifty in value. So that shows where my player value are. Um, they're not mm-hmm. top end. Um, yes, I have some good players. I have some great players. But I have players who are up and coming, like, I know, just top of my head, um, Brahim Diaz for AC Milan, Sandro Tonali, Milan, um, Faduco Valverde, who's probably a bit more mainstream. And that's the kind of player I aim for. I aim for the players who have got the incredible potential and get some first-team football, but are not going to be hitting out of the park yet. So I'm pretty yeah. patient. I'm really bit patient. Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, everyone's horses for courses. Everyone's got their own kind of strategy here. I have a big attachment to a lot of my players, but I, I shipped on, like, for example, this week, I sold my Brandon Michelle, Michelle, super rare. Um, and I yeah. I added like 0.1 to it and I got a Raphael Leao super rare. So I went from Michelle nice. to Leao and it's like, his quality is SO5, has a bit to be desired for. He's a bit of attitude problems and whatever. But I mean, it's that kind of just switching things up to get optimized for this under 23s. Because the beauty of it is, once you pack out your under 23 teams, you can stick them in the other regions too. Do you know? Yeah, true. But, Jay, time wise, let's get on to some questions. Yeah, sure. And, and the first one, we're going to hammer out of the park really, really quickly uh, because I think I talked about it recently. I think we've already talked about it and we'll have 20 minutes left. So McG424 reached out to be on Instagram. Um, it's John Nellis on Instagram. Go on, check it out. I'll post things there regularly enough, but so rare. Does the volatility of crypto recently make you worried about your investment? So for me, Jay, um, not at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's implications. But as I said, like I think whenever you buy NFTs, you you reduce your exposure to Ethereum massively. I've said this so many times, you are sick of me saying it. A card is worth what a card is worth. Okay, so if Ethereum dips, that currency has dipped. Your NFT has not dipped. The currency dips, so you have to pay me more of that currency for my card. And whenever there's high periods of high volatility in Ethereum, I'll go into so rare data. And instead of sorting by ETH, which is what I think in predominantly, I'll switch it to Euros just to have a little look. That's how my mind goes. 
I I see opportunity in the volatility. It doesn't it doesn't scare me remotely. Maybe I'm naive. But that's just where my head's at. I don't know. I'm aligned. I'm aligned. Completely agree. Exactly the same Perfect. situation for me. Yeah. That's well, easy yeah, we'll not, we'll not elaborate. We'll move on because there's loads of really good questions. But thank you very much for that one. It was nice. That was the only one I got on Instagram. So maybe there'll be a few more next week. Marco Sullivan, who gave some great questions last week as well. So thank you, Mark. Looking forward to it. We always hear about success stories. So let's hear one of the horror stories. Who's been your worst signing to date and why? I have a clinker for this, but go on, tell us. Oh, I've got all loads. Um, where do I start? Um, Give us the worst one. Give us the worst one. The worst signing? I, I bought a Musa Moega. Um, you know, the uh, Porto guy, I think he's gone to oh, he's Saudi Arabia. And I, it, yeah. I bought, I only bought him later like, a couple of months before. And I thought it was a good buy because his price was coming up to a nice level. Um, I didn't, just, didn't think about it. Didn't just, maybe didn't do enough research, got unlucky, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, he's a bad one for me. I've got loads. I could sit here all day and talk about bad, bad buys, bad trades. I am just kind of delving a bit deeper into this one. I think I got a guy possibly at his peak really close to it let me just check here so mine is ibrahim sangare i bought him on the second i I won him the week after you bought him i was so happy and then he's tanked there it is i bought him on the second of march right if you go and look at his graph on so rare data right he i bought him for 1187 euro like that sickens me. That's a super rare. Anyway, the highest ever priced one was a few days before at twelve hundred and fifty three. There was one at twelve hundred and thirteen, twelve hundred. So I thought, like, yeah, this is the going rate. One went like the next day for like a hundred quid less, whatever. No one now, like, you're talking four hundred quid. It went. He went as low as like two hundred and ninety. So it's like, I bought him at peak. He stopped performing. Quinny stopped pumping him. Quinny stopped pumping him. Quinny wouldn't <laughs> shut up about him, and he. I bought him off the back of Quinny, like, and yeah. So that's my horror story. I I lost what eight hundred quid there, easy, but it's yeah. not over till you sell. <laughs> he's a, he's a good player. He's got he's got ability. He's just he's just the perfect player to buy now. Basically, if you're listing for like point one, you might get it. I find that actually that's a great way to do it at times. Like I, I look through my collection and there's so many players that I look at and it's like, oh yeah, I could probably sh- I could probably sh- get rid of him. But then you go and you look and you're like, oh my god, that is like too cheap. Like someone who did I see the other day, like Amiri. I think Amiri's a really quality player. His SO5 isn't great. But I mean the, the price he's going for now for a player of that quality, maybe people think I'm mad. I just really do think Amiri's decent. Like so it's I, it's I a good time Amiri to buy one. Okay. Great value. Exactly. exactly said. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been negotiating him for about a month trying to get the price down. He's just become down, down. And as soon as the yeast dropped, I was straight in. Good one. Definitely. He's one I seen because I have him, and I was like, oh, I could probably get away. I could get away with like shifting him. And then I was like, oh my god, look at his price. That is obscene. And there's yeah. a few like that. But um, anyway, on to the next question, Jay. That's my horror story. You give us yours. And it's funny. Why is it funny? No, I won't go there. We're going to move on to the next question. Vespasian, if my memory serves correctly, Jay Fraz was similar to myself on other platforms and a very active trader. Has he found a strategy on Sower that keeps him busy or has he had to adopt, adopt new strategies? So take from that with what you will. Uh, Vespasian, yeah, of course. Um, what's my strategy? My strategy is to... Well, I've got two strategies. I mean, the first one's quite obvious, which is I buy out-of-form players. 
like Amiri is a perfect example. I mean, he's he's a good player. He's just having a bad time. Um, so I, I look for those players. I look for where I can add, where I can get value, better value than I think I will. I should be paying. I'm glad that makes sense, does it? I, I know what you mean. I think the best value for what I'm paying. Um, and then I look at um, I look at secondary impact players. So if you look at taking a key player out of a team, who's going to come in to replace that player? And what's likely to have that success level? Um, because then you look at I know, taking a random player out of uh, the AC Milan midfield, um, taking Kessie out, who's going to come in to replace him? If you take out um, if Diaz goes, I don't think he's, I think it's on two year loan actually, but if you take out, um, I'm going to pronounce it about Salad Mackers, um, mm-hmm. Alexi, Alexi um, who's going to come in? Is it going to be Castillo, who only costs 0.05, or is it going to be a Raul Rafael Alpe out there who costs, I don't know, 0.25 from a rare perspective? So I, I try and take that approach as well. And is it actually patient with that? It's not one you can just go straight in. You can't put these players in week in, week up, but. Unfortunately, I've got a big collection that I can drop players in, so I don't have that selection issue. Mm. So I can be patient. I'm just not. That's the problem, John. I'd like to be better at it. I'm just not going to be patient, <laughs> really. So that's, my, that's my approach. You seem like you have quite a few of the, the AC Milan players. Um, who do you think? Chalanoglu is crossing over to their bitter rivals, Inter. Mm. Um, who comes in and... He, he's a big set-piece man. Who, who comes in and reaps the rewards from that, do we think? Do you, I, I hope that... AC Milan actually changed their formation um, because I think Tonali should be playing more. Um, mm. I had some ping, I had a few people ping me recently about him, so I think that's a sort of general feel that they'll they'll restructure, rebalance their team because um, Tonali's obviously a bit of a deeper player. Um, but if they do change their formation to accommodate Tonali, I think he's, he's just such a good player. He's just got ability. He's up there with, I feel, a lot with um, Barella. Um, he can mm. sort of be on par with that kind of style of play. Um, but I, I mean, I, my, my AC Milan purchases are purely because um, I was looking at good, high value, no high high potential, and low value. Um, and at mm. the time, they were just, they were just dropped at the same time. Literally, I couldn't get couldn't get hold of Rafael Leal. Um, there's only one left. I wanted to get actually Tio Hernandez, but um, he was a little bit too pricey. So I think I think Tonali might benefit the most if the formation changes. Might have to have a look. So another quick one here from Hoodwink. Uh, probably going to ask this every week as I find it interesting. Any random or obscure teams that Sorare has made you follow and actually watch the games? And are you buzzing for Daigu versus Kawasaki in the Champions League this weekend? It's a senior masterclass incoming. He's all about that. So, question, yeah, the question basically, if you had to pick one new team that you love or you follow, who would it be? Who's the most obscure? Um, it'll probably be, I'm going to exclude the MLS because I just I enjoy the MLS now, but it'll probably be um, AZ Alkmaar. Um, mm. because I just picked up a few of their players I've, I've been trying to get hold of Coop Miners since you got one which was probably what five months ago he's off um, the road now I think isn't he is that confirmed is he, is he, I don't know if it's confirmed or not I'm not surprised um, he's, but he's just he had a really bad run in didn't he end of season but um, yeah. I've got Bodu's oh, Atlanta with, oh yes Atlanta. yeah I did hear that that's confirmed isn't it Maybe the Roma, th- Roma thing must have fallen through. I find it so hard to track everyone. And this is a big thing. I think so rare Buzz are trying to come up with a way to do this, basically. that That's the whole okay. thing with so rare Buzz. Um, so check them out. But I think they kind of look at all the players you have and whatever else. Uh, look at the news articles. But Coop Manish to Atlanta, not a done deal yet, apparently. But there's a lot oh. of... Um, that would be... Cla- I mean, in that team, like there's goals galore. Yeah. That yeah. would be it. That would be the dream move, maybe. If he was getting game time every week. There aren't many he better moves do. than that. 
Well, I say, I say you should do. I heard you on, on uh, I think with Quinny's talking about in your mindset of players being fantastic, like Vanneken being you know, mm. the Lord, but then put him in the international stage of Belgium where he doesn't even get on the bench a couple of times in the group stages. So I think he'll be good. Coop Minus, he seems to have a lot of natural talent. Um, but again, who, who's going to come and fill that gap now behind him? And who's mm. the second impact player? So I start looking at that before this goes out, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, XMK Productions asks, um, and I misread this the first time around, so I don't know. Do you know this guy? No, maybe no, the, oh, I, okay. I thought that his question is, who do you hate most on the platform? And I thought maybe that either this is one of those looking for you to call someone a scumbag, <laughs> or he is the answer because you two have like a friendly bro banter thing going on. No, but, no, um, like, I don't know. Is there is there a player that grinds your gears? Is there someone who you always come up with on the leaderboards? Is there a player who keeps letting you down? That's the way I'm going to phrase this. Oh, can, I, can I name another trader, another, another person who really annoys me? I should I do that? That's probably bad. bad no, that's great. Bad. That's drama. Oh, exactly. I love that. So, and the Dramas. reason for it so the person, the one trader, and this is really unfair, and I don't, I've never spoken before, but I think they call something like Chief Bokari or something like that. Maybe <laughs> Chef Bokari. And the reason I really don't like them is because twice they've picked me to a podium finish. Um, for literally on up to rounding, and and the first time they finished first, and I finished second on up to rounding, and they got Gravenberch, and I got Sanger, and I was like, guys, come on, this isn't this isn't even funny. And the second day, he bumped me from second to third, and I got a tier one rather than the start. So I'm sure he's a nice person, guy, girl. Um, but yeah, that's the one name that stands out. If you listen to this show, Chief Bakari or Chef Bakari, please, please, please reach out. I want to settle this beef. <laughs> That is my role in this community. I want to settle this beef once and for all. So, yeah, I don't think there's anyone. Oh, do you know who I, I don't hate, but who did it to me recently? Oh, I forgot the name. Someone pipped me. Or like, I was about to buy that Max Kakaray Super Rare, and last second they they upped it by one, and then I had to bid it again. And I just meant I had to pay an extra few hundred quid. And then nice. I messaged them. Or no, they said, like, good game. Or, did they message me or did I message them? I might have messaged them, just called them a motherfucker. I can't really remember. But, like, <laughs> from a cheek, I made a bit of fun. But um, maybe he's out there and knows who he is. So Bob Flynn says, you could buy Pavel Trader's gallery at 50% of the current value. Could you do it? I've had a lot of kidneys to get hold of that much money. Um, would I do it? I, I wouldn't. Um, and the reason I say that is because he's got to find his trust. He works for him, which is great. Here's a him, right? I assume it's Pavel, as in male no name. Knows. Ah, okay. They, um, I actually asked him or her, but I think it's a him. Pavel's a boy's name, is it? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's it a name. Um, anyway, I asked him to come on the podcast. He said maybe someday. So put the pressure on everyone. No, maybe. Do we want that? Yeah, we do. Do you know what? Let's bring the fight to him. Go Definitely. to Discord now and message him and say, go on John Nellis' podcast. And don't just think, oh, this is kind of funny. Everyone else will do it. Ha ha, it'll be funny. No, actually, just like, it'll take you three seconds. Open Discord, go to Pavel and be like, here, you should go on John Nellis' podcast. That would be fun. Sorry, Jay. No, no, no. Talk cool. to me. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it for 50% only because um, when I'm looking for players to trade, when I wanted to trade with him, I looked for a lot of players who are sort of desirable. He didn't have that many of the kind of players I wanted, no. But he has lots and lots of players. I think he's just his profitability level is purely on the percentage increase of the trading and the fact that he turns over a lot of players. I mean, I can't, you can't see how many he sells, but actually you can, of course you can. You see it in server data. I've never looked, never looked at it. Um, but I imagine he sells a lot of players. Um, so he has that ability to do so, but I don't have time to do it. 
Yeah, no, it would just be a pain in the balls. If you could go back to day... Quinny wants to know if you could rewind the clock and go back to day one of opening your account. So I think that was, what, the 28th of August or something? Yeah. Who would your first buy be? So I'm assuming back then prices, if you could have picked one player up then, who would it be? Yeah. So, okay, so I'm a bit of a curveball here. I would actually have bought Maradona as in the, uh, the coach card um, mm. because that's... I didn't even think about the collectability factor of these cards when I first started. It's purely for the gameplay. Um, and that's one card I'd like to own, purely from collectability. I wouldn't sell it, just one I wanted to have. And now you're looking at paying, I don't know what it is, 1.2 or 0.3 ETH probably. Um, and for ages, he was sat around the 0.2, 0.25. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'd love to, I looked at all the coach cards, and I, there's a couple I wanted, a lot I don't want. Um, if I was to buy a player, it's quite hard because I didn't have the big players on the platform at the time. Um, I probably would have gone for one that really annoys me, which is in the MLS, so Carlos um, Vela. Vela. Um, yeah. Just just because he is, again, another level, not only a good season, not play much, but um, he's someone who always I see and I go, oh, God, he's going to definitely get a goal assist this week and stitch me up again and take it off my, <laughs> my Rossi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Maradona, I think, would be the key card. Maradona. I, whenever he passed away, I was sitting on so rare, I think, at the time. I was sitting on somewhere, I got the notification of a phone or something, and I went I drove straight to him to see like what's his price? And it's such a, and I seen it and it was like point two. And I had the Ethan wallet and I just thought, I'm not doing this. I'm not being the vulture over Maradona. Do you know what I mean? I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. But I mean, it's a big thing in everything in like not everything in life, but I mean in artwork or in Absolutely. Yeah. when someone dies, you know, things go up in price. Um it's just what happens. So like it's true trading, but everything's transparent on so rare, and you're probably a scumbag if you do it. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> but they're not. They said they said they wouldn't create any more, any mint anymore, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see how long that lasts. In five years, will they do a Legends of Napoli thing, or will they do a Legends? You know, you never know. Um, Good point. Who knows? Um, okay, with a few more, we'll try and bang out a couple more, then do the 137 game and sure. wrap it up. So, Javier said, Would non playable limited run NFT cards issued or rewarded by So Rare appeal to either of you? For example, manager cards, stadiums, non player, non playable player cards, moments, i.e., top shot style, collectibles, perhaps issued as consolation to players outside the card and ETH rewards. Mm. So, like, with those little kind of bolt-ons and just, I mean, I like them. I mean, why not? I mean, yeah, if they could absolutely. have, do you know what I mean? I mightn't particularly enjoy it, but I mean, if someone's a diehard United fan, maybe they'd want the the one of one or the one of ten Old Trafford thing that might be given out as a consolation prize or something. Or yeah. consolation's the wrong word. Maybe it'd just be part of the price structure. Yeah, I, I think yeah, not as a replacement of something already in place as the existing um, prize, but as an additional one. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just yeah. something different, right? It's just something additional element they can offer. And it would be a separate market almost because it's not like it's using SO5. So, like, you know, they probably have much lower value um, unless they really are collectible. But, I mean, you might find whether it be, could be mad moments or things that are just crazy collectibles could come out of that, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. So, I think it could be yeah. fun. I think that type of thing would be great for, like, your banner in your club, for your profile photo. Just bring NFTs into the club, you know, in different sort of ways. Um, Definitely. but yeah no I like the idea Javier so okay let me see well, how are we doing for time yeah we'll do one or two more so 2 Bob Squirt 
asked if you could pick only one division, global challenger champion under twee, under twee, under 23, that you had to compete in for the rest of your so rare journey, which would it be and why? Under 23 is for me, 100%. Absolutely, under 23, I just got the, I've got the squad building for the 16, 17, 18 year olds are ready to step up in that sort of two or three years. Um, mm. Yeah, so definitely, definitely under 23 for me. The thing with under 23s is you're going to win some of the hottest prospects out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to win Kimmich. You're not going to win Lewandowski. But, you you know, you can get your... That's where you get... You can win your Mbappe. You can win your Cherky. You can win Verts. You can win... I don't know. I just find it really, really exciting. And I a huge reason why I'm on platforms like this is the prospecting. It is looking forward in players' careers and trying to find out who the next big thing is going to be. And being able to get those players as rewards is amazing. I, no, absolutely. Like... I was going to say so John to drop that the, uh, the rewards part is interesting because um, under 23 rewards I, I'm actually excited about but I've also been yeah. most disappointed about when I won Sanget that's a one yeah. player but then I also won um, on the All-Star a, a tier 3 player and won against some Fernandez I was really excited about it so it's ironic that the tiering doesn't you know the, the value of the player at the time doesn't necessarily equate to the amount of excitement you get or, ha- or happiness you get from getting that player. Because mm. at the time, San Gabriel was worth literally about 0.8 or whatever it was you said to now for you. Because I actually won the week after you bought him and I was like, fantastic. And suddenly he just went downhill and then gets him Fernandez, who you know, hasn't had the best uh, sort of last 12 months. is a high value because he's got a huge potential. Um, mm. tier, tier three versus star, you know, you kind of have to wait up a little bit, didn't you? Absolutely. I find it... Whenever I got my under twenty three star, it was Nuno Mendes, and at the time I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And then it turned out like he's a baller, and I'm over the yeah. moon. But um, no, I get what you mean. I just yeah, under twenty threes is my answer to that. But there's a lot to it. Don't get me wrong. Getting a star champion player is there's some buzz to that. Like there really is. But I think yeah. if I had to pick one forever, it's under twenty threes. Um, right, very last question, Sean O'Neill. Less questions, more pumping. Give each give each give a player from your collection who you think will have a big breakthrough year next season. So if you do get pick one player, pump the shit out of him. Um, well, you go first, and I will quickly scan through my four hundred odd players and find one. Okay, I think. Oh God, who do I pump? <laughs> um, depends what you constitute as breakout. I think. El Hadge is a really good player at Anderlecht. And Interesting. Yeah. He's overlooked quite a lot in that team because they went to talent around with Sharon and Nemecha and whoever else. And they went to talent in Belgium um, overall. But I think he is an absolute baller. And I think we've seen a good, we've seen enough from him. I think next season could be a big, big season. So I'm going to pump him. I have a super rare. <laughs> That's good. Uh, good. Get a cloud here. Um, I, uh, interesting. I just feel for Anderlecht as a team, um, but I think I might actually go for a Genk because the um, Genk players got some really good players coming through, and they might say the people already established. Um, but Christian Tortsvet, Tortsvet, mm. I'm going to try and pronounce it again. Um, he had a really good end to the season. I think he's that. playing for Norway under twenty one. I can't remember who under twenty ones were actually the full Norway team. Um, was really good they put him in a number 10 position he suddenly comes to life and he links up so much great play um i had two i won two luckily of him i sold one unfortunately for a stupid low amount at the time um but i think he's he's kind of one to watch for me very good well we pumped the shit out of it there um okay jay time for the very last part of the show 
where you were going to play the 137 game and no one gave me a more creative name so that's what we're going with until until a more creative name comes out there <laughs> so the 137 game you can win some so rare merch and you can win some 137 p.m merch all you need to do is pick two players from that will be game week 178 for uj any players who you think will score as close to a combined total of 137 as possible. So last week, MDJ thought she was playing SO5, apparently, because she picked two crackers who scored 86 each. Uh, it was Wijnaldum and Shakiri both got 86 for a total of 172. So, that, yeah. so basically, you're in the kind of pool with everyone who's on the podcast up until the end of July, so probably around six people. So can you get the closest of everyone? Who are your two players for the week? So John, I thought I was being really smart with this. I had a look. I listened to the pod, obviously, with Mel. It was really good. Really enjoyed, enjoyed listening as well. And I thought, right, who am I going to choose? And what I did was I decided it was Brazil, Colombia, but I got the wrong game week. And I had oh. I had to line up Ospina and Neymar on the basis that one of them would have a good match, or the other would have a good match, and they'll probably hit like a, I don't know Neymar might get like an eighty plus, and and Ospina might get like a maybe a sort of fifty fifty uh, whatever it is. Um, That's clever. Four, well, one game week, so it wasn't that clever, was it? Um, but then messaged me earlier, I was like, oh, you see, one game week. But I'm actually going for um, Neymar and Casemiro. So I think Neymar. between those two, Casemiro, I think they've got a reasonably good fixture. Um, I think they're playing Ecuador. Or was it Venezuela? One of the two. Um, Ecuador, yeah. So I thought I'd go for Neymar and Casemiro because they both should play Neymar if we get a goal. who hit a 75... Oh, God, will Casemiro get... Yeah, okay, for, I've, I've said enough, so... I think that's sound. Are we, are we 60 and a 75, something like that? Puts you yeah. pretty much bang on the money. I mean, that, that's that's as good a bet as any. So, yeah, Jay, good luck. Um, I'll stick you on the on the leaderboard, um, hopefully. Thanks, see, how, see how you get on. It shouldn't be hard to beat Mel. Mel, went, Mel was too good in terms <laughs> of how good their players scored. Um, but, yeah, Jay, do you want to let people know where they can find you or pump anything you want to pump or just... Yeah. Oh, no pumping apart from the uh, MLS youngsters, which I've been buying a shitload of recently. Um, now, you can find me on Twitter. Um, actually, I was going to say thank you to you because in the last three hours since you mentioned I've on your podcast, I had like 30 new followers. And I should, I should be on them more often, shouldn't I? If you, I Joke to me. My, no, it's all right. I mean, I've only got about 500, but... Um, Do I have that yeah. sort of influence? Well, maybe Jeez. people didn't realise. I think you, you said you overhyped me, I think, a little bit. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm um, JFaz, at JFaz on Twitter. Um, I'm in Discord as well. I'm always looking for a good bargain to buy and, and uh, happy to negotiate on pairs. But no, no, no to pump. So uh, it's been brilliant. I really enjoyed it, John. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the, on the podcast. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, Jay. So everyone go and find us on Twitter. I'll have tagged Jay and everything if you can't find him. And yeah, look, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. 